Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Welcome to the gathering at a place called First Orlando. We're glad you're here. So, every church is different. In the same way we are all different people, God just did something really amazing. He brought together churches that are not alike. I was at the Florida Baptist Convention this this past week. In fact, I spoke at one of the sessions. I was on a panel. And what's interesting is I was sharing a little bit about our church. I was confronted with, and confronted is should be a good word in this, people saying, man, we... Uh, that's different than what we do. To which I said, that's great. There's more than one way to be a church. And I'll be the first to tell you that if you don't like the way we do things, I'm sorry, but there's churches out there that might do them exactly the way you want them to be done. It's okay. We're all different kind of church. I pastored churches in the past that I promise you this could have been said about them. People ask when they learned that Jesus fed 5,000, they ask whether the two fish were bass or catfish and what bait did Jesus use to get them. I've been in that church. A member of the church requests to be buried in his four-wheel drive truck because it ain't never been in a hole it couldn't get out of. I've been in that church. There's a special fundraiser for a new septic tank. How many of you have ever been in that church? I have. I remember raising money for a septic tank. People think rapture is what you get when you lift something too heavy. I've been in that one too. See, there's just so many different churches. We're unique. We're different. But something about that diversity is so, I want, it's just amazing. It's supernatural. How God brings us together for a mission. Not only individually, but also churches. So let me take you back. We're in a series called The Gathering. We're working our way through 1 Corinthians, and we're now in the section chapter 12. If you've got a Bible, I want you to go there. Open up to chapter 12. Let me show you. We're going to start around verse 14. Let me show you a mission statement It's not the church's mission statement, but Loveless preached on this, David Loveless, one of our pastors, about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and and he made this statement, and I really liked it to help describe what we're doing, or what we're supposed to be doing, okay? So here's the statement. You've been invited to participate in Christ's orchestrated mission to the world. That mission is to rescue and restore everything that is lost, stolen, are broken. You've been invited to be a part of that mission. That is the mission of the church. Now, this mission, though you have a part in it, you're not alone. And you can't do this mission alone. Increasingly, there is this distrust of the church, of the local body of Christ that we would call the church. In other words, people have 
trouble understanding that, okay, if that's the mission, well, I can go out and do that. You can, but you're not going to do it on your own. And let me show you why. I had my guest Slim. He made it back. He's lost more weight since last week, right? So Slim is just a reminder of what Paul is going to describe for us in this passage. And that is that we are a part of a body and all of us have a part to play, just like the bones and the body parts that are in your body. Now, the problem is when we think we don't need the rest of the body. Because I'll be quite honest, it's hard for a hand to get along with an ear because the hand won't stay out of the ear or the nose. I guess we can't see his nose. In other words, I'll just do this on my own. Well, the problem, a hand detached from the body isn't a lot of good. It doesn't get a lot of things done. And if we're going to stay true to this text, what Paul had in mind is that, yes, you are a hand or a foot or an ear. You're unique and you're very different. But you fit with something bigger. And it's amazing to me that God created all of us to be different, but yet connected. We, we are created to be different, but we're created to be connected. I love the fact that God honors diversity. I, I just think it's the coolest, one of the coolest things about our church is that we are so diverse. Did you know that the phrase many parts occurs 19 times in this section in chapter 12? 19 times Paul is saying now well, there are many parts, but one body. And you know how many times that occurs? It occurs 17 times. So it's like this balance. You've got this, yes, you're different and there's many parts, but there's only one body. So you're connected and we are connected together. And, and, and why are we connected? We are connected for a mission and we're connected to serve one another. And to be a part of one another's lives. And it's one of the most beautiful texts that, that talks about that. But I want us to read it together. And let's read through it. And then let me just point out some things. Then we're going to do something today that we don't do much. And I'll go ahead and warn you. It's a beautiful time. But it's also sometimes a little awkward. So let's look. Verse 14. Chapter 12. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that wouldn't make it any less a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that doesn't make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is written, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, just as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. What a beautiful picture of the body of Christ. Yes, we're different, but in our spiritual gifting, we are connected to a mission and to serve the church. So in other words, this hand is there for a reason because this hand has something the body needs. And by the way, this hand needs the body because without it, it doesn't operate. 
I think Rick Warren was right when he said every one of us are a minister. Now, we're not all pastors. Every believer isn't a pastor, but every believer is called into ministry. God calls all believers to minister to the world and to the church. Service in the body isn't an an optional for Christians. In God's army, there are no volunteers. He drafted all of us into service. So I can tell you that if you are a Christian, if you're a follower of Christ, you are a minister. And your ministry is to the body of Christ and to the world. And so what I'm hoping and praying is that as we see this and talk about this, we don't have this anymore. Somebody in this room. Now, if this is not the body you're supposed to be connected to, that's fine. Go find that body and be the best hand you can be because somebody's missing you and somebody needs you. So how do we do this? We do it through the gifting that God has given us, okay? Every one of us are different. Now, I I love diversity, but when I was in college, I mean, right after my life changed and my, my world just was turned upside down, you know, I had enough sense to know that God loved diversity. But I went to a rock concert it was a Christian rock band called Daniel Amos. Anybody ever heard of Daniel Amos, this rock Christian band way back in the 70s? Okay, one person. Now, I know who you are. I see you. We were both messed up back then. But anyway, one moment in that concert really messed with me. This kid up there who's got hair down to his waist, he's in a T-shirt and jeans, playing an incredible mean guitar and they're really got some fun and good music but he stops and goes man I can't wait till we get to heaven till we all wear t-shirts and jeans and no shoes I'm like dude I don't know a lot about the the bible but I don't really like a t-shirt and jeans all the time so you mean I got to look like you and what he was saying is we're going to all look alike no we're not We don't look alike here. We're not going to look alike in heaven because we're not the same. We're different. But it's by God's design. We have different gifts. There are four lists in the New Testament of spiritual gifts. Okay? Four times. All of them Paul. He's talking about the gifting. There's only one place outside of Paul, 1 Peter. Now, when you read those gifts, there's two words that are used to describe spiritual gifts. There's a word, pneumatica, which means gifts from the Spirit. And then there's another word is charismata, which means grace gifts. You say, well, what's the difference? There's not really any difference. Gifts are from grace. Gifts are from the Holy Spirit. In other words, you have certain gifting because God wanted you to have it. So can I just appeal to you. This is kind of a pause time out. If you see a class offered on how to get a gift, spiritual gift, if you see a a class offered on how to speak in tongues, don't go to it, please. You don't get it in a class. You get it from the Holy Spirit of God. He is the one who gifts you. Now, classes may help you understand it and may help you to use it, maybe, but you don't get it from a church. You don't get it from me. You get it from him. So God built you that way. And because he built you that way, there are some things we know about it. Number one, it's not a talent. 
Talent is very different. You were born with a talent, but you didn't get a spiritual gift until you said Jesus is Lord. And the moment you became a Christian and a follower of Christ, that's when you got the spiritual gift. Everybody has a talent in the world, I think. There's all kinds of talents. You don't have to be saved or a follower of Christ to have a talent. But spiritual gifting, you do. I think every Christian has at least one. One spiritual gift. I think they change. I think there are opportunities to come along and, and God gives you a different gift for that particular opportunity. But I think every one of us who are believers, we have at least one thing that God has given us so that we can be what we need to be for the body. So I believe you matter no matter what part you are. You matter because God gave you that. That's why you matter. He created you and gifted you to fulfill a role and a design that he already has purpose for you. I love that. Now, what are those gifts? I just look at them quickly. Like I said, there's four different places. I don't think we have an exhaustive list. I think there's gifts that weren't mentioned in the New Testament, but let's just take those that were. They typically fall into, into groups. One is serving gifts. That's the gift of helps, mercy, giving, and leadership. Now, the thing you got to be careful of is you look at mercy and helps and giving. Shouldn't we all be doing that? Yes. But there's some people, it just seems like it's their gifting. They just have no trouble doing that. Some of you have trouble with mercy. I'm not going to call any names. Husbands, wives, <laughs> don't look at each other right now. You know who has gift of mercy. It's pretty obvious. Now, the second group, I think, is best called, this is, you can call it whatever you want. I call it miraculous manifestations. Faith, healing, working of miracles. Now, everybody's supposed to have faith, right? Yeah, but there's just some people have unbelievable faith. And there's some people that, I tell you, they pray for you to be healed, you're healed. It's just amazing. I think God still does that too. The third grouping, Inspired speech. These are in the area of communication. For example, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Now, I don't, I don't see word of knowledge as like if I have the gift, and which sometimes I do have a word of knowledge that the Lord gives me, but I don't think it's, I uh, get up here and say, uh, somebody's having trouble with a liver. Let me see, where are you? When Paul uses the word knowledge, He's usually not referring to a human ailment. He's referring to the mystery of God's redemption. And it's a gift to explain something about it. In other words, a word of knowledge is to help understand what God is doing or what God said. I, word of wisdom, same thing. It's somebody who just has a sense of, of what God would do or what God would say. Prophecy, that's not telling the future. That's being able to speak truth into the future. That's being able to declare something that God put on your heart. It's the closest to what we would, would say would be preaching today. Discernment of the Spirit. That's someone who just has a sense of, no, that's not God, or that's not of the Spirit. Tongues. I think it's a praise language. I think it's a beautiful thing. We have people in this church that have been given that gift. It is beautiful. I've had people pray with me in tongues. It's absolutely beautiful, but you don't get it in a class. 
I've never had the gift of tongues. Every time I go to Brazil or every time I go on a mission trip, I pray for the gift of a tongue, a known language. And I'm telling you, I pray hard. Lord, I'm going to be in a culture. I don't know the language. Please, Lord, I would love to be able to speak Portuguese here. And the Lord answers. He says, Rosetta Stone. Every time. I mean, he's, <laughs> it's just as clear as can be. In other words, <laughs> David, you can go learn it. Yeah, but Lord, I just want to cheat. I want you to just give it to me. Well, when he wants to give it to me, he'll give it to me. But it hadn't happened yet. Interpretation of tongues. Now, that's in a case where it's not a known language, but somebody is there, and they know exactly what the Lord spoke to you. Teaching, exhortation. Just what it says it is. It's somebody who is able to teach, somebody who is able to encourage or exhort. Uh, I see my own gifting most of the time in that area. And it operates in that area. But every one of us have one of the gifts. And maybe one that is not in the list, but there's something that God has given you. Now, I want to show you the best way to understand spiritual gifts and abilities and talents and all that. How does that all work together? This is kind of what I believe happens to every follower of Christ. Okay? What's your passion? What do you like to do? Because you know what? Your ministry and your calling from God is going to be in an area you like to do it. For example, my wife, my wife loves children. That's where she serves. I know that her calling is not to stand on this platform and to be able to speak to you. No, that's my calling. But I would be scared to death in the class that she teaches. I, I mean, seriously, I'm just kids. I'm like, what do I do? How do I, you know, help me here? No, I, I love kids. But that's not where my passion is. And she has a passion, and that's where it is. You have a passion. What is it you love to do? Second thing, what are you good at? What are you good at? Have y'all ever been to karaoke? Yeah. That's when people are doing something they're not good at. I mean, you don't. <laughs> You don't want to do that to the church. Spare us. What are you good at? Because God knows you're good at it because you got that gift from him, that talent from him. What is the opportunity you have? Some of you are in a position right now at work or a position wherever it is that you live that you have a unique opportunity. You may not have it long, but I think that opportunity blends into this whole thing. You have an opportunity to do something. And it lines up with your passion and your ability. And by the way, the spiritual gift he gave you for that moment, it will work in that setting. All of this leads to your ministry. Now, I think that's the way it works. You know, if I could go back and redo something, I would go back and I would change the way that, <laughs> this is terrible. I can remember early churches in my ministry. If we needed a teacher in the children's area, I can remember standing on the platform and putting the biggest guilt trip on people I could. Our kids are struggling and suffering without the knowledge of God. We need somebody who's willing to teach them. And everything I said was simply loading people with guilt. And we had people showing up in that because they felt bad for the kids and they felt guilty, not because they were gifted and called and had the passion and all that.
And I think to myself, man, what we must have done to some people. Throwing them into an area and a place that that wasn't their calling, but yet we made them do it. Why? Because we needed somebody. I just wish I could do that over. Because today, I believe that when God built the church, he knew what he was doing. And he knew that in every church, there was a hand needed. And so what? He gave hands. He put hands in that church. Every church would need a leg, so he put legs. Every church has the parts that it needs. We just have to listen to the Holy Spirit so it works. So I'll just throw this out there. What has the Spirit been leading you to want to do? What have you been thinking about? I think we need that. So let's have a conversation. And you, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you, God's stirring in you. Some of you are great greeters. You could be one of our greeters. You could be one of those in guest services because you're in sales. It's something you love doing. I just think the church could be so much more effective if we followed that. And guess what? All of us, our gifting is for one reason, and that's to serve the body, to serve one another. Look what Peter said. This is 1 Peter chapter 4. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to what? Serve one another. The reason you have a gift the reason you have an ability, the reason you have a passion, the reason you have opportunity is so you can serve another. It's not so you can walk around and look how spiritual I am. No, we have gifts for one another. And so God said, use them. Then he comes to a section that says, we need each other. Harmony. Yes, we're different. But we have a gifting and we have a calling and that calling is to help serve one another. And by the way, you can do that well because you do need one another and it just works great when you see the harmony that God wants to give to his church. So pick it up with me in verse 21 and let's read what he says toward the end of this chapter. 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, he bestows greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. Now, can I just cut to the chase here? The Greek word he's using means your private parts. He's actually going to the extent of saying everything in your body works as a beautiful picture of what the body of Christ ought to be. You say, well, I've got some parts that um, I have to give a little more care to and make sure that I, 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 they're covered appropriately or whatever. And he says, yeah, that's right. It's like the body of Christ. But he says what God does is God gives them greater honor and greater attention because that way everything is level. It's just amazing how God built his church. And some of you feel like that you are a weaker part of the body and that your part doesn't matter. Listen to what he's saying. God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. I'm telling you, he is a master builder. 
And when he puts a church together, it's amazing how that even those we would in the world consider the least, God says, no, 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 no. They're just as important as everybody else. So I can look you in the eye and tell you, you matter here. You matter. You don't even have to tell me what you do in serving here. I can tell you it's important and it matters as much as what I do every Sunday. Because without it, the body doesn't work correctly. How many of you have a joint in your body that's not working properly? Just, I want to see your hands. I know we, we got a few. Oh, thank you. And I'll raise mine. How many of you ever find yourself talking to that joint, having a conversation? I mean, let's be honest. I, man, I love riding a bike, walking, used to be running, walking, uh, working out. Now, I get up and sit down before I work out. And I look at this knee and say, okay, now I need you to cooperate today. <laughs> and I don't need all that pain that you've been sending my way. Can you just allow me to work out? There you go. <laughs> and I, I just, I have a conversation with my knee. And in the middle of the workout, if I'm on a walk, a long walk, and it starts causing trouble, I'll stop and I'll say, okay, what was that conversation we had earlier this morning? <laughs> Was it meaningless to you? I mean, let's just be honest. There are parts of our body just make it difficult. You know what the Lord reminded me of? He said, David, when you have a church member who's difficult, does it connect with that knee that's not doing what it... Yes. What do you do? You just keep walking. You just keep walking. I mean, guys, it's not going to be perfect. This church is not perfect. If you're looking for a perfect church to join or become a part of, please don't join this one. You would mess up our record. We are not a perfect church. And we got all kinds of stuff, but that's the nature of the body analogy, just like in your body. By the way, it's crazy how the Lord speaks. I was at Whole Foods yesterday. Just ran over there to, to get a couple of things that I needed to get. And you can only get them there. So I go there. And I'm walking around. And all of a sudden, I walk down this aisle. I, I'll, be, I'll tell you what I was looking for. I was looking for popcorn. A certain kind of popcorn. I'm walking down this aisle. And I hear this guy say, hey, pastor. And I turn around and say, hey, how are you? And he goes, Hey, I'm doing great. I just want to tell you, my wife and I really enjoy uh, your services. And when we're not there, we're watching. And sometimes we're not there because we help a church down in Sanibel. I said, man, that's awesome. So I said, tell me about yourself. We started talking and it became obvious. This, this guy's a doctor, I think. And I said, so are you, you're in the medical field? Yeah. I said, well, what are you, what's your practice? He goes, orthopedic surgeon. <laughs> I looked down and I said, you did that. I know. <laughs> and if you don't cooperate, he's going to mess with you. He's going to really mess with you. Seriously. I'm like, really? And so we start talking, had the greatest visit. What I believe is that God so works in us 
Yes, there's times we think we don't matter. There's times we think something else doesn't matter, somebody else doesn't. And then all of a sudden something happens and we see the beauty of the body of Christ. Can I tell you what I think is the most beautiful thing about the body of Christ? We care for one another. And he says it in these verses. He says, and when one of you suffers, we all suffer. When one of you rejoices or is doing well, we all rejoice. Look at verse 26. If one member suffers, we all suffer. If one member is honored, we all rejoice together. That is the coolest thing about this place. We're a family. And, and we, we encourage one another. When one of us is suffering, I mean, I lean over to Danny and I look right here. And you guys, how long has it been since y'all been back here? Five months. They moved up to Memphis, right? Or that area. And we got a note. They had a tragedy in their, in their family. And they wrote us a note. And I leaned over to Danny and said, hey, they're here today. I remember they wrote about a tragedy. Whenever something happens to you, you have a family that cares. And, and to be able to tell somebody, to be able to have a conversation about it, that's why life groups are so important. That's why we love people getting connected. And by the way, sometimes it's that family that keeps you standing. What about when you have something good happen? We celebrate with you. We rejoice with you. I love it when a student comes up and says, hey, I passed the test I, she wasn't singing today, but we have a young lady who I remember when, when she passed the bar. We were praying for her. She's an attorney now. Went to the University of Florida and got a law degree, and, and she took the, the bar and passed it, and we, we had a little celebration. I just think that's what a family does. That's what the body of Christ is all about. We need each other. You don't have many that are sympathetic when you're out by yourself. And you certainly don't have people to celebrate with you when you're by yourself. But when you're connected, you do. And I need to give credit where it belongs. I think I would not have remained standing all these years if it wasn't for the churches that I had the privilege of being in. Let me explain it this way. One of my favorite places Rachel and I have ever been is to Muir Woods outside of San Francisco. Anybody been there? The Bay Area, Muir Woods, the Redwoods? They're incredible. I'd always wanted to see them because I'd heard about them all my life. So we got to go. Here's a picture of me standing between two of them. I mean, these things are giant. Listen to this. They get 350 feet sometimes. They live on average 700 years. In fact, some of them, they think, are 2,000 years old. And they, they have a bark that is 12 inches thick so that the only thing that is a threat to them is something from the inside because storms and fires, it doesn't take them down. I mean, my goodness, a tree lives 2,000 years. It's got to be tough. But here's what I found out about them. You know what makes them tough? You don't see them standing by themselves. A redwood does not have a deep root system. It's only got about 10 feet or 12 under the ground of roots. But 
it spreads out 80 feet. And when those roots spread out, it finds another redwood and it wraps those roots around with that one. So the truth of a redwood is the reason they can stand up to the winds and the storms coming off the Pacific is because they don't stand alone. I'm telling you, since 1976, in my first church, I've not stood alone. And I believe it's because of the body of Christ that I'm still standing. The personnel committee was so gracious to say, Pastor, we want you to take a sabbatical. And I haven't taken one since I've been here. We want you to take a sabbatical. And so think about what it is you would do and whatever. <laughs> you know what Rachel and I are thinking? Now, we're not sure, but this is what an idea. You know what I want to do? I want to go back to every church I've ever pastored. And I want an opportunity on a Sunday morning to get on the platform and look them in the eye and say, thank you for what you did for me. Thank you. I just, I want to tell every one of them. And I want to tell you, for these last almost 20 years, I, guys, I'm standing because of the way God built the body of Christ. I want you to have that in your life. We're going to start today, okay? Now, this is where it may get awkward, and, and I certainly understand if you don't want to participate, okay? I want you to turn to two or three people around you in a little circle. Introduce yourself. And then I want you to say, hey, um, something that you guys could pray for? Is there something that's going on that really it's heavy on your heart today that you can share? Or is there something that's going well? It's something we could rejoice with you about. Just share that. And let's just take a moment and be the body of Christ. And let's rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Okay? Right now, just turn. If you don't want to, it's okay. Online. Why don't you put it in the chat? Okay? You guys just as a group online, share in the chat what God is doing and what you need prayer for. Okay. If you can kind of start wrapping it up, I want to ask you something. How many of you met somebody you did not know? Let me see your hand. Oh, wow. A lot of you. Can we give thanks for that? Just something as simple as that. And there's some of the groups still praying. I mean, you're still talking, which is perfect. I want you to know this. It has been an honor and a joy to be in this body. And with God's grace, man, I hope I can be here as a part of this body a long time. Now, here's what I want to say. There's some of you, and you're really, this is confusing to you. You're thinking, are they a cult? <laughs> That's okay. I, you can ask. No, because what we've experienced doesn't make sense until you know Jesus Christ. And that's what changed us. If you've never put your faith in him, we want you to invite Jesus in your life. And, and we can help you. We have people on campus that will do that. Also, you can just reach out to us. And you can text the word connect and we'll help you with that next step. 
Now today, we actually have a Connect class. Connect is the experience. We used to call it like new members class. It's really more than a new members class, but it involves that. We do three of them, three weekends, and basically the first one is just the foundation. What does it mean to be a part of a church? It means you follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It means you're baptized. It means that you are associating with other people. Second thing is you need to be connected to a group where you can grow together and, and encourage one another. The third is find a place to serve. So today they're on serving. And it meets in, a, in about 15 minutes through that door right back there. Now, they may be full today where you can't get in, but December 3rd, we're going to do it again. I just want to encourage you when you see the word connect, that ought to trigger something. Hey, that's how I get connected. That's how we build that strength here. And we want you to. If you're not a member of a local church, if you're not plugged in somewhere, please, the storms are too great out there. It's too tough to try to stand on your own. Let's stand together. We'll be a lot stronger. So I invite you, take that step and be a part of that. And I want to just say, I hope you have a wonderful week. I know when Thanksgiving comes and we're thinking about all the things we're thankful for, I know one of the things that'll be on my list. I'm thankful for a place called First Orlando. God bless you. We'll see you next weekend. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.